Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. I'm excited about today's show because it really opens us up to the big world that trail running is. I'm a fan of small, local, more intimate style races, but some people love something like UTMB with 10,000 runners and a weekend packed onto the trails and filling the city streets. Andrew Stackhouse joins us to talk about his experiences in both of these worlds, why he loves both, what they each can offer, and why what works for one person doesn't need to necessarily work for someone else. This sport is big, it's diverse in its range of offerings, and I've been learning over the past year, through some of those big controversies that we'll get to in the episode, that there's room for both. And at the end of the day, if the goal is to run on trails and see cool places, it doesn't matter as much how you get there as much as it does why. With that, let's welcome Andrew, and then let's get to it. And we're back. Awesome. So we are excited today to be joined by two guests, technically. So our main guest for today is Andrew Stackhouse, but Andrew is also here with his lovely wife, Nicole, um, who may or may not speak at all (laughs) during this episode. But Andrew thinks, and Nicole, thank you guys both so much. I bet we can get her to chime in at some point. I think she probably will. But thank you guys so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. It's an honor. So our, our topic is an interesting one today. It's um, we're talking about kind of the go big or go home, and um, the go big would be those like huge events that um, you know thousands of runners, um, like a UTMB, right? And then like that or go home, and that could be something like um, you know mind the ducks that's going on this weekend or zero SPF, something like that, a small local race. And we're, we want to talk a little bit about both of those and the different worlds that they exist in within the same world. But um, we wanted to uh, introduce you a little bit, get to know a little bit about your running and what got you interested in, in the things that you've done. So um, I guess the easiest way to do that is to sort of, and I don't actually know the story, so I'll be hearing it for the first time too, is (laughs) what, what got you into running specifically trail running? And then um, how did you find out about trails rock and the local scene? So I first dabbled in the sport in 2008. I did a couple of uh, road, you know, anytime you do these things, you start out on the road usually. It seems to be the way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was the um, Lilac Festival uh, 5K at the time. And then um, I, I did it a couple times and then uh, Firecracker 5 Mile. And then I put it away for a while. It was like my, in my, like my mid-30s. And then I just was like, what is this stuff? I'm not going to do it anymore. And then <laughs> fast forward again. Um I don't know. I, I had a I had an issue where I got injured um, and I almost died. Actually, I fell. An Jeez. issue. I almost died. Yeah. That's an issue, all right. Yeah. No yeah. Big deal. Uh, so I, I was drunk with some buddies and just stupid. And in my late thirties, a bachelor at that point again, and everything. And I ended up falling uh, over by the Rochester subway, at probably about thirty feet or something oh, like geez. that. And I was. Um, I'm I'm just lucky to even be alive. So I broke a bunch of bones, broke my back in a bunch of places. Oh my gosh! Uh, I was laid up in the hospital for a while. So, uh, long story short, with that, as I was laid up at home alone, um, had a brace on my neck, and I just life sucked at that yeah. point. So I just I got healed up. It was a few months after that. I was lucky I didn't have to have surgery or anything. And then I ended up just um, 
I wanted to change. I, I was a chain smoker. I, I think I smoked like a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. Mm-hmm. I like to do it. And huh. I just decided I'm going to start running, quit smoking, and just here we go. So a friend of mine at work um, got me to go to one of the local runs, group runs. It was MedVet at the time. Um, so I remember the second run I actually did was with Eric. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> um, You'll tell me and I'll tell you if I remember. <laughs> it, was, it was the first Harrier Games. Okay. So the week before I showed up and it was a regular hour long, five mile run or whatever on Wednesday. The second week I come back and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. It's great. You know, it turns out to be this Harrier Games thing. I'm running eight miles. I've never done that before in my life. And I'm just dying trying to get to the the place. Was Dan Andrus on the team? Yes, he was. Yes, I remember this now. So for people who don't know what is the Harrier Games, like when Medved does a Harrier Games, what does that mean? I mean, it's like a scavenger hunt, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's these these locations that you have to get to. They they don't tell you where until you're about ready to take off, and they give you like all this information, and you have to take proof of like a photo or whatever of the whole team getting there that you're yeah. on, and you get or, points like, do for it. Do a song or a dance or get yes, yeah. and the whole team has to be there together. Yes. So you can't just say to a, a runner in the back, "Hey, meet us at the next spot." You've all got to mm-hmm. be there. And so I just remember us bombing down like French Road, and we end up over by like Lock Thirty Two, <laughs> like the furthest places you could go. Yeah. And I'm just like holding on for dear life, and like I don't want to tell anybody this is awful. Like it's like your second one. It was. Oh my god. And everybody was faster. We were running than me. like a seven thirty. I'm not kidding you. I think Dan Andrus actually went like back to the store from like French Road and came back by the time I was up the, the road all the way to the end. He was and it just was, getting an extra miles. I was just beside myself, man. That's but funny. Uh, but you did it. I did it. And um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, and so I just kind of hung around with the Medved crowd for a while. And yeah. um, I started going to their trail runs too. And yeah. But it took a little bit for me to do that. I was kind of intimidated by it. Um, so the first time I ever set foot in the trail was during the Medved, um, like that can drive they did on Thanksgiving, like mm-hmm. Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Black Friday. And I didn't have trail shoes or anything like that. I'm hanging out with a couple people there. I'm like, do I need trail shoes for this? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> And um, the one guy was telling me as we were running, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to head over here and watch out for those roots over there. I'm like, what? What, what roots? And next thing I know, I was, boom. boom, flat on my face. <laughs> and so I, I didn't kind of like it very much at first. I, I was getting hurt a lot. And... I always say, though, you're not a trail runner until you've fallen down. So for you, it was right away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Initiated quickly. Absolutely. And then so my first uh, thing, one thing led to another. My first uh, actual trail race was Muddy Sneaker back in 2015. That's a great introduction oh. race. Yeah. And uh, That's a tough yeah. Straight. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a long race and it's tough. Mm-hmm. And I got hooked on it after that. I yeah. just, I got, I got, you know, I, I did all kinds of stuff. I was an oven door runner at one point. Oh yeah. I did a lot of road stuff. I did a lot of half marathons at mm-hmm. that after I started doing all that. Things were getting easier. The trail was the last part I wanted to get in in the picture, and I, I loved the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the vibe of the people and the trails, the community. It was, it was just mm-hmm. different. It was better to me. You know, it's like it just, everything just clicked. It's so. really interesting. So every week, this, this comes every up. week it comes Literally up. Week. Whoever our guest is will make a comment about like the vibe being different. And I keep wanting to preface it with like, we're not bashing roadrunners, right? Because all of us who have been on this show yeah. are and or were roadrunners. Like you said, that's how you started, right? That's mm-hmm. how we met. We were mm-hmm. blasting around on the roads in Pittsburgh, New York. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't even touch a trail that day. Oh, yeah. um, but it is different. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. and it leads you to different places. Yep. Yeah. So like if we were to talk about, um, 
you know, like when we, when you look at today's topic of like these big, huge races or these small local races, right? Cause they exist in both the road and mm-hmm. in, um, trail, but like UTMB with like 10,000 runners over that weekend, like on the trails of Mount Blanc, right. Getting, a, you're away from everything. There's crowds there because Europeans love trail running, but it's not like New York city where if you run the New York city marathon, you can't swing your arms left or right without whacking somebody unless you're the winner. Right. right? You know, there is, you do get space at mm-hmm. least even with all those runners when you're out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a little different, even at the big scale level, it's a little different. So, Absolutely. Um, but so you've done a lot of different things with running since those early days. Say, yeah. um, so you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've been out at UTMB, yep. right? Yeah. Um, you've been down to Tennessee to do some of that stuff down there. Yeah. Uh, my first, uh, actual ultra race was, um, Hyder 50 K trail trout. Yeah. And that's a pretty big mm-hmm. event, mm-hmm. right? They've got a lot going on there. So I, I kind of followed this motif that I was just going to like do all these harder type of things for the first thing. <laughs> Get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Hardest 50 K I could find. Um, uh, but I'm from Pennsylvania, so it just made sense oh, to, to yeah. do that. Um, go big or go home, I guess. It has more than one meaning in this podcast yeah. today. Just a proud Pennsylvanian, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I grew up there, but I never did that stuff then so i go back and i'm like oh this is fantastic let's you know yeah introduce me to some of the mountain stuff and everything yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then i did escarpment trail run out in the catskills and that race scared the hell out of me though yeah that's a that's a serious run yeah i'll probably never do that again Um, all the rock scrambles yeah yeah well when your legs are cramping up and you're trying to go up devil's path yeah it's (laughs) it's like it's like what uh uh july 31st it's super hot yeah that's what i was just gonna say brutal i can't even imagine mm-hmm. yeah, the, I, I the risk of thunderstorms yeah. and slick rocks and yeah and moss and I, it's you're climbing over peaks and stuff like mm-hmm. like blackhead mountain comes to mind as the second of the three peaks you had to climb and it's always wet on it even in, yep. a, in a dry year yep. and i'm just like breathing heavily because i'm scared <laughs> i don't like heights that much i mean in a controlled oh. way sure but I was like, I gotta, I gotta put my foot up a little higher to get up this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 I didn't have my my electrolytes dialed in all the time. Yeah, it's like cramp all over the place. So I'm like, oh. And then coming down was even worse. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but I, it was it was fantastic. I, the friendships made out of that, and the experiences were mm-hmm. cool. You know. Yeah. When you see some of the um, top end runners, their the ability for them to go down is to me more, more impressive than yeah. climbing, right? Because yeah. climbing feels a little bit safer sometimes. You're just going that way, and if you fall, you sort of fall into the hill. Yep. But if you're going downhill and you lose control, it can be uh, it can be a slippery slope, as they say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yep. um, so you did all this stuff, right? So you really started to experience a little bit of everything, and you, have, you even have your own um, YouTube channel, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. And we're going to link it in the show notes too. Sure. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Stack Runs Far. And uh, I just decided I was going to start bringing the GoPro with me every time I ran. And and I really like the post-production piece of it. So I use like, you know, high-end editing software and everything. And that's where it really is fun for me um, once I get all these experiences. And plus, I want to look back on them. But I thought, yeah. sure, too. Right. And the first one I ever made was at uh, was at Many on the Jenny. Yep. And... That was kind of like the the you know the product that you got. It's kind of funny. I've only made four of them so far, and you and you can really kind of at least for me, I can see the progression of, uh, yeah, I just started to do this, and now I've kind of like polished it a bit, dialed it mm-hmm. in, yeah. So, but it was really cool. I remember running by Eric, 
um, going around like the gorge area there in the front. I'm like sprinting around with my GoPro, and, <laughs> and Eric's just like giving me like the peace sign. I don't know something. He was just like, "Yeah, go," you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, James Minor comes up next to me, and so it's just like the narration of it was so oh, cool. That's funny. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so yeah, I, I, it's a labor of love. Um, if anything, it was just I wanted to kind of show what it's like to be in the middle or back of the pack, and not just necessarily like an elite, you know, front runner. And what's that experience like for these races? Yeah, and kind of capture it. Yeah. And I think and... that stuff is super helpful too for for people to see and kind of know what they're getting into. You know what I mean? Like I know I've looked at races in the past, and I just want to see and like read about or or watch a video of someone else's experience. So I know. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, what to expect? Yeah, it, like like you said, there's two things. One to like have that memory to look mm-hmm. back on because there's going to be a day when we can't do this stuff. Like, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, very rarely do people do it till the day they die. Right. Yeah. But like, so there's gonna be a day we can't do this stuff anymore and to be able to pull that back up. So we made a video at, we did many on the Jenny during the um, pandemic year. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a message um, today oh, um, from someone I didn't know. I was just looking at my Facebook, trying to clean stuff out today. And um, it, it came through this morning. She said, hi, I just had to share that we watched your video with you and Sheila's 2020 journey of training and running many on the Jenny. I laughed and I cried and I was so moved that I made several people watch it. I convinced my husband to join the wait list and a few friends will be doing many on the many light with me. Last year was my first year and it was epic life changing. And I thank you for what you do. And then she's like, two quick questions. How long did it take? Cause we didn't say, and then she wanted to know what program we use. And I was like, well, we didn't use a program. We just, crammed in as many miles as we could in the eight weeks but yeah. to, to be able to have those things right so you never really know i mean we made that video in 2020 and somebody watched it this week mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like cool, that's right? kind of neat to hear yeah. so um you've got some cool stuff you did a, a live um showing of which one was that i did two live showings yeah. one was the france uh trip and that's what i called it because it was like um it was the UTMB TDS experience, and then I also proposed to my now wife. That's right. And captured all of that. So uh, if anybody doesn't know, I did get, like, injured in that race and got cut about I, – I went an extra, I don't know, few hours after that because that's just my personality. They're like, can you go? <laughs> yep. All right. So I went with a posse of, of people that were um, – you know, they, they were in the back and, and, like, you know, pick up the flags and everything like that. Um and they just, they were all Italian. They couldn't speak, couldn't speak any <laughs> of the language. And we're just running through the night. The Mario. Yeah. Running through these trails I've never been on. Yeah. And it just rained, apparently. because It was on the other side of the ridge. I could hear the thunder on the other side. So it was all wet That's and mud. Cool. And I couldn't really see anything. And I'm, I'm probably concussed. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and um, I'd ask these guys, I'm like, well, how how far is it to the, you know, I, I can't communicate with them. I don't I know. I was just about to say, did they understand what you were asking? I'm like, piecemealing is how far yeah. I'm trying to get. Oh, two kilometer, two kilometer. I'm like, they kept saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like mile, 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 yeah, mile, mile. It's like an hour is... later. I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm trying to calculate the math. Yeah. I was stopped for about an hour when I fell coming down a pass. And I, I uh, lost that amount of time. That was about the amount of time, coincidentally, I would need that to. Needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of kind of got caught up in what I was saying. So I kind of forget the rest of the question. I'm sorry. Nope. I don't know if there was a question. We were just talking about the YouTube channel and the live live review oh, oh so, yeah okay trip, i digress know, episode yeah. of the france trip um so that was the first one i did that was a live uh, premiere and the second one i did was from the last annual of all state road race from july of this year where i went across tennessee 
um, and we're, well, my wife and I went across Tennessee and experienced that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and that one did really well, probably because I pushed it out better. I didn't know what I was doing the first time around. And then I thought, well, I can just make these Facebook reels and this other stuff and just kind of promote it myself. And I just did a better job of it. Yeah. I think one of our, we're hoping to have um, Ron Perkins from GF Media on at some point to talk and to talk about that progression too. Cause when I'm, whenever I talk with him, he talks about like just how much he's learned and how to, uh, how to tell a story and what to cut, what not to cut. So um, that stuff, it, it's good. I love watching uh, all of that stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm more so than you, right? I'll be like, you've got to watch this. And yeah. you're like, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess it depends on my mood, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, you definitely get way more into it. He'll send me like links to podcasts too all the time. He's like, you should listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I'll listen to like 20 minutes of it. And then I'm like, Meh. okay. <laughs> you, you know, it's weird though with with the post-production of it and everything. I, I spend a good amount of time on mm. it. Uh, I want to say on average, maybe five, six months. I mean, I have most of the stuff done usually within a couple of months, but I'll go back and like fine tuning everything, putting closed captions, yeah. all the stuff on it that you should do and it takes time. Yeah. But, but at the, the point is, is you, you relive it time and time again, looking over the material. Right. Yeah. So you, it, it's, it's kind of like awesome and a curse at the same time because <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, I would go through like this depression after these big races, especially mm-hmm. it's a, it's a destination thing. It's a bucket list thing. Right. right? Yeah. So for me, it's like, man, I wish I could go when back to do that again, yeah. or I would have done this different or, or just, you're just reliving the footage. Yeah. So that's the only part that's kind of weird, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. do you ever go back to a race, like these big bucket list races, I guess, or like the things that are out of town, have you ever gone back to do any of them again? Or is it like one and done for all of them? So far one and done. I mean, okay. it's, it's hard enough to coordinate all that and do it. That's yeah. 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 yeah it takes a lot of time. International trips or cross state trips. Can, right. Yeah. And I mean, just to get the process of getting into a race like UTMB or any of those races, yeah. especially it was a COVID year. It was yeah. really, really hard. Difficult. Yeah. yeah, I was one of three Americans in the race because nobody oh, wow. could really get over that easily. Right. I was determined. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you bring up kind of the qualifying for UTMB. <laughs> there, there's been, uh, I guess you could call it a controversy. And there's two camps on UTMB. So Iron Man has gotten involved with um, UTMB purchasing some naming rights and some lots of things that go along with Iron Man that seem the opposite of what the trail world would stand for. And um, there was a race um, high lonesome that said, Hey, you know what? We're not going to be part of this anymore. We don't, we don't want our name, our race, anything attached to what's going on with this money grabbing commercialization of the sport. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, Um, blew up from there where people were picking sides and everybody was talking about it on the trail running media and should they have done it? Should they not have done it? And um, Finn Melanson runs something called um, running single track. And I sent you the, he just recently did a podcast um, with Doug Mayer who wrote a book about like the origins and where we are now with UTMB. Sent it to Sheila too, but that was one of those podcasts that she never, (laughs) she apparently never got to. (laughs) So. Um, but you you gave it a listen and it's it, it gives a, a pretty good pers- so if you were someone that maybe was standing hard with high lonesome and saying man screw these guys this huge race with ten thousand runners and all they care about is money and that's not what the trail running world is about and then you listen to Doug Mayer talk about who the UTMB founders are and and what they're all about and it it changes maybe the perspective of the event right like it 
started no different than many on the Jenny, no different than like a zero SPF. Like many on the Jenny was we went to Letchworth all the time. We spent a whole week there once, did every trail in the park. And we said, I wonder if that could be a race. And Sheila sat down with a map of the park taped together across our living room floor and with a highlighter drew around around and UTMB was the same thing. It was just a couple of people sitting around saying, I think you could run around this thing instead of up and over this thing. And they kind of pieced it together in the first year was kind of chaotic and they weren't really ready for it. And um, I don't know. What did you sort of take from, from that kind of podcast and the whole controversy about it? It opened my eyes in terms of what I thought it was at first, because it gave me more respect for the Pilates and what they did. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't like Ironman at all. I don't like, I don't like what they stand for. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they cannot try to put UTMB into to like a cookie cutter mold of what Ironman is. It mm-hmm. will never work. Right. They, they discussed that too. in in the sense, it's just, I feel like, um, I feel like they they have this small town, small family knit thing that they built that they they're proud of. And it was like this whole like ethical thing. They wanted to maintain the ethics of the trail. And that, that was really important to Michelle Paletti. Yep. And I, I respect that. I think yeah. that's great. And how do you, how do you really do it? And it blows up, it gets so big. And yeah, I, I thought the other key takeaway to that was like, it was going to happen whether they wanted it or not, where right. Iron Man yeah. was going to come in and kind of, kind of take it and say, Hey, we're going to make a, a world series event out of this thing. Right. So, so they might as well try and have it on, on their terms. Right. One of the things that kind of caught me though, that I, I, I laughed a little bit and I definitely rolled my eyes because Michelle was like, Hey, why didn't they just call me? Yeah. And speaking of high lonesome, like we could have talked this out. I'm like, sure, dude. Like I'm just this little guy, many on the gen. I'm going to give you a call and I'm going to talk to you about why I don't think what you're doing with the premier trail running event in the world. Right. <laughs> I want to give you my opinion and you're going to listen. I just don't, I don't think for a minute that's the case. Sure. Um, but I do, I did really um, have my eyes opened a little bit about um, changing my perspective on it a little bit because I am, Openly yeah, and unabashedly anti-UTMB. Yeah. Um, I never liked when races would barely for UTMB points. Like, because I just didn't believe in this whole, I still don't, in this like qualifying method. Like, it seems exclusionary to me. And then doing what they did with bringing on Iron Man, and now they're even more exclusionary, right? Where they said, not only, you used to have to earn points. I was just going to say, so what did you use yeah, to You used to have to earn points, and a race could apply. And they would give their their elevation profile, their distance, and then UTMB could say yes or no, and then how many points it was worth. And then you had to get enough points to qualify for UTMB. Now you have to run UTMB events and only UTMB events to get in. And there are few and far between. There's one on the East Coast of the United States. There's one for Central and South America combined. And that's like somewhere in Mexico, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, or does something. And, and, and to me, that is like the that's you couldn't be further from what he's talking about with the ethics of trail running when he says, "Oh, I I love the sport. I just want people to be on the trails and and they do. They protect it. They care for it. They give money to it. But they say, but the only way you get to do this is if you do it our way and you pay us for it. Mm-hmm. So that to me is like. I have, I I will always have a hard time with it. Um, It's different than a lottery, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lottery is like, hey, we don't have space for everybody. That's typically what's happening there. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, we're going to make as much as we can off of this while the sport is exploding. And you want to come here and run this cool event that has 
everything you could dream of in a race, cool, give us more money. Mm-hmm. And um, that makes it exclusionary. It makes it a privileged sport because not only do you have to travel to Europe for that, you might be saving just for that, but now you got to travel around the world just to qualify for it. <laughs> Imagine how it was the first time they came out with a statement. I think it was just Western States that was the qualifier. And how ridiculous was that notion? Yes. Because it's not me. I mean, you know, you know, it's a, it's the a only way to get into Western States is to do something crazy too. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you'd have to go to South America or these other established ones that were, yeah. it was kind of like the U S was the last piece of it that came in. Yeah. The other thing I worry about on it though, is, um, you know, it's becoming too, too rich of a sport that way, but also you, you're talking about taking a, a race on the East coast and I like grindstone. And right. you're calling it grindstone by UTMB. By UTMB yeah. I kind of don't like that 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 title attached to it. I just I worry that it'll change the the format of how that race was at one yeah. point and, and make it into something that it shouldn't be. I worried a little bit about that with the um the Golden Trail series put on by Solomon. So they've got the World Series and the North American series and um Breakneck Point was was last week mm-hmm. and that's put on by our friend Ian down at um you know Red Nuke Racing and Ithaca running. Um but it seems like that race didn't lose any of its like grassroots vibes. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a finish line in a grass field. Um, but some of the best runners in the country were there earning mm-hmm. points for the Golden Trail Series. So um, we know it can be done. We um, hope it will be. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of unknowns there. There is a lot of unknowns. Um, but I think, you know, I'm not here to, to plug someone else's podcast, but I think that this one, he does a really good job in general. He has really good guests on, mm-hmm. on, um, run single track um and i'll put it in the show notes i think it's worth a listen for anybody that has an opinion on utmb like myself because i didn't necessarily know the history and i'm i'm a fan of the sport like sheila more is a participant i would say yeah i'm like a fan of the sport i watch this stuff i read the magazine i've written for the magazine i'm like listening to the two of you talk though i feel like i probably should listen to this yeah but it gives you (laughs) yeah and i think it's it's a fair shake too he doesn't say He's not there to say UTMB is awesome. They're right. You right. guys are wrong. He says there's some things I'm really worried about, and this is the guy that's probably the most connected to them. Yep. And he's like, I've got some some concerns too. So I hope to see things play out um, the right way. Um, one of the things that's weird, uh, the by UTMB events. Um, I was listening to um, an episode. David Roche, David and his his wife, oh, I can't remember what theirs is called. Megan. Megan. But they were talking about the gear list, the mandatory gear list stayed the same. And yep. it's like, so he's running canyons. It's 93 degrees out. And he's got a backpack with pants, a jacket, a headlamp, a backup batteries. Oh, so every race they, has the same. He's like, I'm carrying, he's like, because they've got a kid. He's like, I'm basically carrying my child on my back. Yeah. He's like, and I'm 92. He goes, there was really no reason for it. You, um, they have like that mandatory kit. And then they also have a hot weather and a cold weather kit if it's necessary. Or yeah. Needed. So they okay. have other things that you need. It's a very strict list. Very so strict. Right. They check it. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember because so. you were going to go. I was going to run UTMB back in 2016 before I got hurt. And I just remember you looking at the kit list. It was right when it it was in, right, Columbia was the sponsor back then. That's why I was going to get to go. They were when I did it too. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, But I remember looking at that list and being like, oh my God, you have to bring all of this the whole time? I I remember doing it. It's pretty intense. The whole thing is, the whole process to get in is pretty intense. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I I know when I did it, I didn't even know the whole backstory until just a little while ago. I didn't know. The first year? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm run local trails here. I I did Twisted Branch twice to qualify for it. Right. In a row. And so I'm like, 
I'll just throw my name in the hat, and I didn't get anywhere the first time. Yeah, see what I think the I think the acceptance race in that is like less than twenty percent. Yeah, with that, it's you a know, worldwide ten, event. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so I just thought, oh, I'll just for shits and giggles, I'll just put it in here. Yeah, let's see what happens. I thought I'd try for the CCC, you know, the hundred k distance yeah. or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I didn't have enough points for UTMB hundred miler. You needed okay. ten. I had eight. Yeah, so you could do CCC, TDS. Yes, TCC, they're um, all different acronyms based on the city or the the, the places road. they visit. Yeah. yeah, OCC I think is the fifty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second time I put my name in the hat because I had two years to be able to use these. So I had the points from from Twisted Branch in there. Right. I, I I'm like, ah, oh, I don't get picked. I'll just I'll throw my name in the hat. Then <laughs> I then I see a, a thing happen that I got rejected by the CCC again. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, because they have spillover. So all of a sudden they're like, well, you can get into TDS though, and you can get into the OCC. So naturally I picked the the, the harder off yep. one. Of yeah. course. Um, which is arguably probably harder than the the. Nicole is just shaking her head. <laughs> TDS is pretty difficult. It yeah. really goes off course a bit. Right. And, um, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but the process is, is insane to, to, to do to that. To get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just looked at it like, oh, I'll just, you know, give it, give it my shot and see if I can get into this thing. And yeah. That's yeah. all I looked at it as. Yeah. You know, so I think let's, let's give it a break right there before we run out of our first segment time. So, um, I'm going to put that, um, run single track in the show notes. I really, um, suggest anybody really should give it a listen. It's, it's a pretty good episode, really good history of UTMB and the stuff that they've been through and, um, the things that we have in common with them. Um, but when we come back from the break, we're going to break into that a little bit. Why do you love the big things? What do you love about the little things? Um, you know, how do you make space for both? Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the professionalization of the sport and whether we think that's good or bad for it. And then uh, what's next for you? What's next for Trails Rock? And and we'll we'll sort of compare and contrast the big versus the little. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. All right. We're back again. All right. So we are back with Andrew Stackhouse. And today we're talking about the difference kind of between – the big bucket list races um, where you're maybe traveling and maybe a little bit longer versus more of the local homegrown, smaller races. So why don't we start um, with what you love about all of these big races, because you've done a ton of traveling for races and done a ton of huge races. So what draws you to that? Uh, It's a new adventure every time. I just love travel to begin with. So yeah. for me, it was like combining hey, two things you like. Yeah. And like yeah. Th- there's, there's always good community, but mm-hmm. every community is a little different. So just to kind of meet new people and kind of encapsulate myself into that is, is cool. Um, and I just, I just love it. I think it's, um, I'm shooting my shot as David Roche has said, <laughs> shooting my shot. and he said that in, in, in his coaching and stuff like that. And yeah. I had a coach for a little while and it was just the idea that I, for me, I wanted to do that. And mm-hmm. it was like proving to myself, you know, not that I had anything to prove, but I'm like, what can I do next? What I was just drawn to the, the competitiveness of it, but even yeah. more so the adventure of it. And just, you know, just be able to sit back when I'm like, I mean, I'm going to be almost 50, but maybe in when I'm <laughs> 70, if I'm lucky to get that, be that old, be like, wow, look at this freaking shit I did back then. <laughs> um, you know, sitting in your rocking chair, drinking should, a beer, uh, telling the kids, yeah. telling the grandkids. Yeah. yeah, we should, um, we should have you, you back on. We should have Prem come on. We should have you. We should, you should compare like some of these adventures that you guys, because Prem's 
just finished doing yeah, all six of the over. world mm-hmm. marathon majors and those are all over the world too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah that's just a bug i you know i just had to itch the you know the scratch the itch i guess yeah. stretch the itch but in addition to doing those big out of town races you also do a lot of local things yeah like muddy sneaker you said was your first race and mm-hmm. that is capped at i think 125 mm-hmm. runners mm-hmm. <laughs> so i did that like three years in a row yeah, yeah. um and then uh I stopped doing that only because Heiner Trail Challenge falls on the same day. Same weekend, yeah. And that was tough because I always, I, I love both those races. Yeah. Um, Heiner might be my favorite out of town race just because I like the views there and it, it's just amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, I did uh, a bunch of Trails Rock stuff too. I, mm-hmm. I did uh, the Western Trail Classic, I think twice. Um, I've done uh, many on the Jenny twice, mm-hmm. Twisted Branch twice. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, I was going for a third time. COVID hit, though. Uh, yes. So it was 2018, 2019. And I'm like, oh, I'll go for the, the three-peat. The three-peat, yeah. yeah. You know? And, and you know, and, and I also did, like, um, oh, back when they had the trail uh, marathon option for, um, you know, down at uh, Cayuga. Cayuga. Yeah. And I, I, that was amazing. I, I think yeah. the two most unique races here, I'll say three. I love Muddy Sneaker. I think... I think uh, many on the Jenny and Cayuga have the most scenic views of anywhere I've been anywhere in yeah. New York. So, um, yeah, there's um, uh, on uh, what is it? Ian's page. Oh my God, I'm drawing a huge blank. I'm like, I don't know what you're referring to, so I can't help you. But I agree. I think he Trails a... Collective. That oh. took me a minute. I'm like, I'm the one with the pregnancy brain here. Yeah. Um, but he did a whole series on, you know, hardest race on the East Coast, oh, uh, fastest scary. race, most scenic race. And Cayuga and Men of the Jenny popped up in, into mm-hmm. that feed as most, among the most scenic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Cayuga, like, you just sometimes can almost forget mm-hmm. that you're climbing a million stairs because you're climbing a million stairs next to these amazing waterfalls and mm-hmm. it's so it's just so pretty yeah what is what what do you love about the small stuff though so like the big stuff you're like that that adventure and that spirit yeah. of getting out there and, and seeing Traveling, new communities yeah. but mm-hmm. what is it about the um small local stuff that you really like community first and foremost yeah um i like that it's a big party at the end usually yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm not too slow and I'm, I can, I can hang out and there's going to be something there for me to you know, <laughs> have a beer and talk to somebody. I, I remember like in, um, like in many on the Jenny, I remember the last time I did it, I forget what year, 2019, it was super hot. And on some yes. of those back stretches, there isn't a lot. I ran out of water. I think I ran out of water both times. Everybody yeah, did that year. I was just gonna say, <laughs> and yeah. I remember, uh, a, a ranger, I think it was, or he was a policeman of some type came back and gave me a bottle of water. They were looking for somebody behind me. Hey, have you seen this guy? I'm coming through the, the you know, the gullies, the endless yeah, gullies. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't see him or whatever. But I'm like, I, he goes, did you run out of water? I'm like, yeah, I ran out of water. He's like, here, I have a water bottle. I'm like, dude, you're right. <laughs> like my savior. And so I'm at the end and I have that on video, high-fiving you at the end yeah. and then seeing that guy. And it was, you know, I love the community like that. And, yeah. and, the, and, and be able to see the people that I, I would see it in and out um, doing these races because they're all right here. Yeah. And so that was fun. And I just, I, I just love it all. I, I, I just got engrossed in the whole thing. I really love that about the local scene, like from a, from a race director perspective. Um, sometimes it feels like people know us a little bit better than we know them. 
Um, but we really try to pay attention to like what people are doing, what they're going through, what's happening. So like we know if somebody is um, crossing a finish line that's been through something lately and, and this race means a lot to them or, you know, maybe it's their, uh, a mom and it's her first race back after having kids and like mm-hmm. Those uh, those high fives at the finish line, and sometimes they turn into these wet, soggy yeah, hugs. But they mean <laughs> they feel different yeah. than if I'm at some big place where I'm just crossing the finish line with 40 people cross the finish line with me, and a computer mm-hmm. picks up my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you run a, a race around here. I can almost guarantee you, there's somebody that you know and you have run with that is volunteering to punch your bib number into a computer or a tablet, <laughs> or someone's going to be yelling that number out for somebody else to punch mm-hmm. it in. And they, they know you. So like um, I helped out with Medved madness a few weeks ago, um, just with the timing and Morton and I were joking beforehand because the, when, when you're yelling out who's crossing the finish line, sometimes the habit would be to yell the name of the person because you know them and you're excited for them. But the, the timers don't care about that. Yeah. They need the bib number. Mm-hmm. So I could be like, yo, Andrew Stackhouse. And they'd be like, what bib number? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so, um, but you don't get that anywhere but your local races. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you travel somewhere to a small race, you can see that same community that we mm-hmm. have existing in, in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really can get to know those people in those spaces as well. But I, I imagine you can get to know people in the, in the big races too. Like you, you can spend time with people on the trails the same as you well, can here. Right. And sometimes you actually run into some people that do the same races like that. Mm-hmm. I've run into people at one race and ran into them at a different one, like in different States. I mean, right. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah. That is cool. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's pretty cool. It's funny. Um, I, I, I bet if you were from Buffalo, you would have run into somebody from Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> there, it is a weird thing that happens that no matter where you go, we mm-hmm. were, we were in Ireland, our car broke down. We took a, a bus. We, we got back to the thing. We took a bus to like this, random bus station and we're going to walk to a hotel we get to the hotel we sit at the bar there's two people in the bar sitting on the far side and the guy's wearing a buffalo bills hat and i'm like you're from buffalo and he's literally like four seats over from where i grew up wow i was like you gotta be kidding me i'm like we just took a freaking like hitchhiked to some random pub (laughs) in ireland and here's a guy from where i'm where i grew up so small world yeah but those those things are pretty neat so Mm-hmm. And it is cool, I think, when you run into somebody that you have previously run with, even because in those long races, you know, there's a really good chance that you are going to spend some amount of time, probably a decent amount of time yeah. with people that you have never run with before and you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to know people really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? If I may say really fast. Um, yeah. uh, one one example of that mm-hmm. is um, I remember doing uh, the escarpment trail run. And then fast forward, the same one of the guys I met there mm-hmm. uh, actually was doing UTMB races. So I actually sat at a brasserie with Nicole, him and his daughter uh, in Chamonix, France oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> on that weekend. And it was just kind of yeah. neat to kind of. And then I saw him at the Barkley Fall Classic oh, wow. a month later um, wow. down in Tennessee. And it was that's just fun. weird to see him in these different All environments. Different places, yeah. And I just got to yeah. know him better, you know, and it was cool, you know. Yeah, I think um, I can see it sometimes. I've seen people um, finish a long race together, mm-hmm. and and they did not know each other before the yeah. race. But something happens along the way where one person might need to rely on the other person, or for some reason, somebody decides to 
they're not going to race right now. They're just going to run with someone. Mm-hmm. And they, they cross the finish line and they are close for like the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. They know each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you can see it. Like as, as someone who's standing at these finish lines all the time, I can see when people are coming down towards it. I'm like, these people, I'm like, something happened out on that trail. I'm like, they are close right now. Yeah, they, they learned about each other. And that's, yeah. uh, I think when you are expending yourself to your limits like that mm-hmm. in these big events, your emotions are easier to move. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, you could also learn a lot about somebody in like an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah if like, you have nothing else to do but I talk. Was just gonna yeah. say, and you're just yeah. talking. Some of the best conversations are going to come out of that. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I like that too. Um, yeah. And and thanks for the, the reminder uh, and the idea, Erica. Next time I see you at one of these events that you're running, I'm going to come up and give you a big sloppy <laughs> wet hug. That's funny. At the end. I don't mind the big sloppy wet hugs. No. I got a few of them at, um, at Madness, and they you know they go right through the pond before the finish line, so they were wet. <laughs> but it was hot out that day, so I didn't, I didn't care as I'm much. Like, you were so. probably sweaty, too. Yeah, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always sweaty. Take that, runners. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, though, because I feel like runners get very, well, I don't know, maybe not everybody, but self-conscious about it, and they're like, oh, I don't want to hug you because I'm sweaty, and it's like, we all have been there. Like, it's cool. Yeah, I don't know. The longer the event, the less I care. About that. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Made your hand in the Vaseline jar and, yeah. the, and the and the M and M's. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess the, how do you make space for both of these things? Because um, when you're traveling out, you know it really takes some time and effort. But um, could you get to those without doing the local stuff to get ready? What do you think? No, and that that's part of the whole mm-hmm. process. Um, uh, when I had my coach from the past, uh, I, I don't have her anymore, but when I was using her a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. she had me in the idea that you'd have an ABC race. And so mm-hmm. you use local races to kind of prep yourself for bigger events. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, like, for example, uh, many on the Jenny was logical to do in pre- preparation for like Twisted Branch. Yeah. Right. You know, right. um, that's one of the best examples I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's part of that there. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, these these big events, um, they sometimes can trickle down to change what we do with the small events. And you can see it some places where the small events are trying to emulate the bigger ones. In some places, they just don't care. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, like a Trails Rock race uh, is kind of like, hey, we know who we are. We're never going to have an arch. We're never going to have a you know band blasting at the finish line. Like that's just not the vibe of those races. But other places are do that stuff. Does it matter to you which is doing what? I honestly don't want those local races to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I I I I like the grassroots element of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's separate in my brain. In my opinion, it's different than. You have local, you have, you have like, you know, your, your fat ass race or your local race. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these bucket list, big races and yes, stuff that yeah. do these crazy things. Now, did I think when UTMB did the whole like uh, Hoka arch with the, the freaking rainbow lighting and stuff, <laughs> right? I, yeah, I could do without that. It was kind of cool like, to look yeah, at, but I'm like, it was like a space time continuum. Yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> it was kind of gimmicky. And that's yet I could go on and on about that. How I don't like Iron Man and stuff. I'm sure they influenced some of that. But anyway, um, but you know, I want that. I want. I don't. I don't want that stuff in my local races like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like a like a timed event where you're running, you know, around in a circle for hours and hours. I I, 
I just need an aid station and, and my friends that I hang out with on the right. trails. You know? Yeah, that's that the Mafamidal. We we don't even time it in, in real time. We make the runners time it themselves. Everybody gets a marker mm-hmm. and their name is on a board and every loop they come through, they have to put the check mark. And if they forget, they don't get the loop. <laughs> you know, it's like guess it didn't count. You didn't check it off, you right. know. Um so I can't imagine that happening at like like Jim Wamsley running with a, with a marker in his pocket <laughs> to check off his little loop when he comes through. I just you know, but I guess that is a little bit too of like the professionalization of the sport. It has evolved. I'd say in in five years, it's become not even remotely the same as it was before. Um, athletes are starting to be able to um, be full time runners right they don't they don't have to have a side gig they're not working at home depot they're not on their feet they are i'm a trail runner this is what i do for a living and my sponsor is going to send me to these races um sometimes i get a little concerned about that because they used to show up at some of these local races but now they are like told what races to run because that kit you know maybe you're wearing a north face shirt and shoes and and you have to be at canyons because that's where the cameras are going to be. You don't get to run, you know, the small event, you know, in that podcast that we talked about before the break, there's a lot of Chamonix is like the trail running capital of the world. And Mm -hmm. it's not because of UTMB. It's because the, there's some of the best trails in the world, the best scenery in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of small races that are happening. The European trail running scene is huge Mm -hmm. and um, no one knows what those are, Mm -hmm. but they're there. Right. And Mm -hmm. now a lot of those, top end runners will never participate in that anymore. And that kind of bums me out sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. Um, it's, it's interesting to think and compare and contrast uh, those areas. I mean, it, it's a different vibe over there compared to the U S not that the U S yeah. is, you know, there's a lot of history with the mm-hmm. U S with that, you know, we, we created trail running and right. ultra running <laughs> yeah. with Western States and all that. But I think it's just because these communes own the land, and uh, it's not, you know, like government stuff. And you, you can't just throw 2,000 people over on, uh, you know, a race course over yeah. there like you can over there. The, uh, the ability to go and do things in Europe is significantly different he- than here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have these um, right to roam laws. Yeah. Um, Scotland is really big mm-hmm. on that. Like somebody can, like we live here, somebody could just be walking through your backyard. As long as they're not staying, there's nothing wrong with it. And the way that we view that here, you know, we put up fences and walls and gates and and um, people are like, what are you, yeah. they're like, what are you, I'm just passing through, you know, mm-hmm. like you'll see people cause we live on the water. There are some people that don't even want someone who's fishing from a kayak to cast towards their property. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you don't own the water, you know, like, it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference from over there, I, just go, go into the woods, go run, you know, mm-hmm. 10,000 people. Can you imagine putting 10,000 people in Leshworth to say we're about to run this loop? Yeah. It'd be insane. Man. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be accepted, I don't think. No. But I, back to your point about the professionalization of everything. I, I, I worry about it too. Um, I think I think it's different though. Like if you're if you're like an average runner out there, you're not an elite, you're not, you're gonna look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. But I, I don't wanna I don't I don't like the fact that, you know. Jim Walmsley may not show up at a certain place anymore because of that, or you know, some other person. Um, it's just, I think they need to be really, it, it needs to be a lot of care taken in how we approach this going forward. Yeah. I think we're going to learn a lot of that in the next few years. I think the sport is built on the backs of the little events, and those are the runners that the sport needs, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if the only thing that existed was 
the top runners running it, the UTMB World Series or the, you know, the um, the Golden Trail Series. If that was it, you know, 30 runners in each of those races, no one would care. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so a little bit of it is on us on how we're responding and buying and purchasing and, and participating in these events. But it's also a big part on these companies to understand without everyone else who's not elite, your shoe doesn't exist. Your jacket, your backpack doesn't get sold because the elites aren't buying it. They're being given it, right? 100%. And um, I don't think that anything can exist without the small stuff, you know? I would agree with that. Um, the scene in Rochester grew kind of quickly in the last 15 years, but it grew very organically. You know, there's no like big time corporate sponsors. And like, I got worried when REI opened a store and um, I had heard stories of them opening stores in other locations and putting races where a small race already existed mm -hmm. and then just outperforming them because they've got that reach for the, you know, mm -hmm. the economics of scale, right? They're, they're able to reach more people. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, they haven't done that in Rochester. They haven't had sh seemingly shown any interest in it. But maybe it's because our scene is so strong. Yeah, hopefully they don't ever show interest. But yeah. you know that, that can change. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I, like, these these big groups like Spartan and and yeah. I, I, you know, Iron Man. They just they they're like they're, that podcast was saying they they're aggressive. They compartmentalize and they drive the costs up. And yeah, this is it happened to. Um, Kim Levinsky, who runs um, Sasquatch Running, um, Pennsylvania, New York, Tri area, mm -hmm. um, she has a race um, in Bear Mountain, and they they literally used her course and put it where the weekend was supposed to be. And she's like, "What am I supposed to do here?" And so she had to change everything. And and I'm and I'm so frustrated with us as runners because I'm like, "Why are you running that? You you don't have to run it for that corporation. You can run it for the person." who has been putting this on out of a, like out of a, a rented U-Haul truck mm -hmm. for years, you know, like why are we supporting sometimes those big things? And that's where sometimes I get really mad at the UTMVs of the world, you know, and I get worried now grindstone grindstone by all accounts has always been straight grassroots, mm -hmm. you know, like it's been like the epitome of East coast trail running. And I hope it stays that way, yeah, but I'm not confident in the long run. Mm -hmm. I think for a year or two, They'll play that game mm. and they'll say, look, we're still grindstone. It just has by UTMB. But I'm worried that mm -hmm. in two or three years when the the kind of attention has shifted, that they'll start to say, now we're UTMB. Yeah, time's going to tell. Um, but back to your point, uh, like you were saying, um, I think that it, it is incumbent upon all of us as uh, the consumers of these products. We actually would drive what, what happens. Yeah. So if nobody shows up to these races, yep. they won't be able to have them and right. they'll go away. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, if you want the grassroots feel, you know, to make that known to race directors, or if you don't, I guess, you know, like what, what is it that you're looking for in a race? But I guess you make it known by your dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, it speaks. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So what, um, what would you say is next for you? Well, I've, I've kind of burned myself out of it on some of these big <laughs> things. I've, I've done so much, even local and everything. Yeah. I, I kind of want to um, get back to some of the local stuff and, and kind of continue the same trajectory. There's a couple other things I haven't tried. I haven't tried like breaknet. I don't know if I want to try that because I don't like like rock scrambles. That I was much, just gonna but, say the hardest. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we'll go with you. <laughs> I'm like I'm like let's be honest. That means you're gonna do it. <laughs> it's you know, just it, a matter of time. You never know, right? Um, 
but you know, I, I would like to get back out and, and, um, shoot my shot again and stuff. So I'd like to get back into shape, um, mm -hmm. because I took some time off and didn't change eating habits. So you know what happens, you put on a few pounds, right? Uh, grow a beard, you whatever. And so you just, you just kind of do those things. Shave the beard, you'll lose 15 years. And pounds probably on top yeah, of it. I was just gonna say. Um, uh, so I, I did have a couple things on the books, but I, I deferred one and pulled out of the other. So I was okay. going to try the uh, last annual Heart of the South race in June, which is a spinoff of the uh, Ball State stuff. But okay. I decided that's not a good move. Um, Nicole and I were both signed up for it. We're both yanking out of it. So um, just where we are and we had too much stuff going on. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I actually was going to do canyons by UTMB oh. before I realized it was going to be a major. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want to shoot my shot and get back, attempt to get back over there to Europe, whether that ever yeah. happens or not, whether I run it or not, it'd be my first hundred anyway. Okay. So I have a goal to do that. Okay. It doesn't have to be that one, but I paid the money. I right. deferred it. So I have a year, well, a little less than a year now, but uh, to get ready for it. So okay. maybe that's what I'll do. And that's kind of where my head is. We're doing something in Letchworth. Um, that's like a hiking event. Um, oh, I, I saw that. Yeah. I can't remember it's the like name. Great big hike or something. What's it? I don't know what it's called. I um, wrote it down. But they advertised like crazy on, on the internet. Yeah. It's called the, um, the Mammoth March. Yes. Yes. And uh, so Nicole and I and her, her boss, like a coworker, is going to be doing it. So just to kind of get us back out there and yeah. stuff. You get a medal. Cool. Yeah. I didn't really, she just yeah. signed me up for There's it. There's some so. swag involved. <laughs> if you're, if you're into swag, everybody knows I love swag. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> my, my wife likes to sign me up for things and, and yeah. sometimes she'll be like, oh, by the way, I signed you up for this. That's how Sheila ran her first marathon. I was just going to say it's a slippery Don't slope. give me your information. I'll I, sign, I signed her up and then she's like, I can't wait to do this with you. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to do a PR and a half. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, so you're going to be drinking like two hours before me? Yes. Like, that seems unfair. Correct. <laughs> that is very unfair. Yeah. I waited the appropriate amount of time. I did not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like eh. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, um, one other thing. Sorry. Oh, go um, ahead. No. We're, we're thinking about, uh, well, we're not thinking about, we're going to be heading back over to Europe just as a, a, a personal vacation um, to some of those areas. And we're going to go back to Chamonix. I plan on taking her back up to the place where I proposed to her just to kind of relive yeah. that as a one year cool. anniversary kind of thing. Go, go find um, some blood from your forehead. I, was just about to say, <laughs> I have my DNA. It's on the Italian side. Like, oh, well, you just... need a passport yeah. to get that back. You know, <laughs> it's somewhere up there. Uh, yeah. I even took pictures of it. A million it. years oh when God. we're, when we're gone and an alien finds that rock. It's mm -hmm. like, life. Was there life? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a crazy weird guy out there. You know, yeah, it's the, just, yeah. So, well, cool. So, I think it's I think it's good to have um, plans. I currently don't have any because I'm waiting to see how this knee surgery recovery goes, and I can't run right now anyway, so I can't plan anything because I don't know what that looks like. But Charles Rock has a lot of cool things planned, mm -hmm. so um, we do have a Mafomital event, maybe the first annual, maybe the last. Definitely not the first at this point, um, but that's coming up in coming up in June in. Um, Sheila and I won't be there, so it'll be the first ever Trails Rock race that we're not at. And so, um, Eric is still trying to figure out if, can if we, babies can are here there? and How like I can a couple of days old. Can they be there? <laughs> uh, but they're, they're, the crew is planning some neat things for for that, so that's kind of exciting. And it's a really cool race yeah. um, for people who haven't done it or aren't familiar. It's just a timed event. Um, and you just do as many loops as you can in the amount of time. So it's nice because 
it's kind of low pressure. You see everybody the and whole you, time. Yeah, and you're constantly around people. So we've been talking a lot about community throughout all of these episodes, and this would be a good place to kind of experience that community feel. Yeah. And then after that, um, in June, the Troy series continues. So Frost Town Trail Fest is um, the June event for the Trail Runner of the Year series. And then in July, Many on the Jenny, it's in July this year instead of June because mm -hmm. tiny humans are eventually will be here. And um, they'll be there. They'll be at Many on the Jenny. Yeah. So um, they can do high fives at the. Yeah, that'll yeah. be their first camp. I don't know if they're allowed to at that point. They might not be allowed to be yeah, in contact. They're going to be real, real early still. But they'll be in the in the trailer, or they'll be hanging they'll out be, with Sheila. Yeah, or with our moms for a little bit. Eric was like support. convinced that we didn't need to change the date of money on the journey, actually, and I kept telling him yes. So we like, could pull we this off. And like there's. I'm like we've done worse. I'm like there's absolutely <laughs> no way. And finally, I had to ask the doctor. Yeah. The doctor had to tell him. Yep. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, so, that's in July. Yep. Um, and it's sold out, but you can get on the but wait the list. But the waitlist has been moving. So. Yes. Yeah. Get on the waitlist yeah. if you're interested in racing and if you just want to be there and experience community. Um, you can always volunteer. Yep. Speaking of volunteers, um, you started off this podcast talking about the Lilac Festival run. Mm. And I know that Medved is in need of volunteers. Mm -hmm. So, if you're listening, and you've got nothing going on, um, give them a call. Um, they need volunteers. And there is nothing more motivating than volunteering yeah. at a race. It is so awesome. You can see all the things that we talked about today with the emotions coming across the finish line, mm -hmm. the excitement, children, old people, young people, new mom, everything about those finish lines or races is awesome. So give Medved a call. They could really use some volunteers. And so could the runners. You know, mm -hmm. races don't have if to you race, out. you should volunteer. Yes. And if you volunteer, you'll race better. I guarantee it. So, <laughs> all right. Anything else before we go? We're going to run out of time again. No, I think it's it. All right. We covered it. Yay. Thanks for all being right. here. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye. Adios. Sounds Thank you.